Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church on January the 2nd. Man, we're into 2021. Well, let's just hope this year goes a little smoother than last year, eh? But um, there's something I wanted to speak about, and I spoke a little bit about it last week. And uh, it's not, it's not. I don't know what you would call it, just a lesson on a very simple concept that people use, have used through the years on how to lead somebody to the Lord, sticking with a part of the Bible that um, you don't have to turn many to many scriptures, all in the book of Romans. And we call it the Roman road. So in this uh, Roman road, all in the book of Romans, of course, we're going to pick out of just a few scriptures concerning salvation. And the reason I want to do this is because I think it's uh, really a matter of concern that a lot of people never tell someone how to be saved. And if you look in Matthew chapter 28, before we, before we even get into this, just turn to the book of Romans and hold your place there. And I want you to look back here in Matthew chapter 28, if you would, right at the end of Matthew chapter 28. And then we'll have a word of prayer, if you would. And I wasn't really going to start here, but I think it's a good place to start. In Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to read verses 18 through 20. This is one of the places that the Great Commission is found. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. And it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank for the stay you given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will do what I cannot do, Lord. Show us in your word what you have for us today, especially in this matter of conveying the simple truth of salvation to people. I thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So right there in that particular chapter, and just a couple verses, it's a command. It wasn't a suggestion that we should propagate the gospel to the world. And how do you do that? Well, you start with your own neighborhood, your own family, your own workplace. You just where you are. And I know that we spoke a few months back on salvation, but I really wanted to take this and just go over this. And, and many of you probably already know this, but some of you might not. And if you don't, please mark this down. And how I would mark it down if I were you, and I have done it in my own Bible, is circle the scriptures that we're going to turn to, and then right beside them, Put the one verse that you're going to turn next to. And that way, you know where to start. Put a big star by it or whatever. The starting point in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. That's where we're going to start. So turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. And then when we go to the next verse, I mean, write them down on a piece of paper first. Make it nice and neat. You want to be able to not have to squint at your writing like I do mine sometimes. But uh, I think it's a very uh, commonsensical 
way of doing things. I really do. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 through 12. And it says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So when we think we are good enough to get to heaven, the Bible and this particular starting point of verses actually says, no, you are not. You know, you can also, when you, when you go to convey this, um, talk to the different people that you are speaking to, and you, you can say that uh, there's none righteous, so we've all sinned, and that's, you know, we're, we're born into sin, of course, but then we've all sinned, and said, and I've heard it stated, and I, thought, I think it's a good idea, have you ever lied? You know, I, you know, and you put it to yourself, you say, I have, you know, or have you ever, um, have you ever stolen, even if it's a pencil? You know, it says in the Bible that if you look at a woman and lust after her, you've committed adultery in your heart already. The Lord kind of took those things and put them down into a better perspective for us when he kind of put it uh, more than just the deed, but in our hearts, didn't he? If you hate someone, it's the same as murder. And sin is sin. So there is none that is righteous. No, not one. There's none that that uh, understand that there is none that seeketh after God. God seeks you. You don't seek him. If you're being drawn by the Holy Spirit, or that person you're speaking to is drawn by the Holy Spirit to, to, to accept Christ into their heart and forgive them of their sins, repenting, that just means turning from their sin to God. I'm telling you, it's the Holy Spirit using you, but it's the Holy Spirit drawing them, not you. And that's what you want, right? And I've said it before, but uh, Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers to read about in, in the 1800s, said, it said rather of him that when he was going to the pulpit, if you're close enough to the, to the area where he was walking up to the pulpit, you could hear him praying out loud, come Holy Spirit, because he understood that it was the Holy Spirit that draws men to him. It's your job to tell them. It's a Holy Spirit's job to convict them. And then it's their job to accept or reject. We can't really convince them. We could uh, point them to God. We can tell them about, about where they will go if they do not accept him, hell. We could tell them about where they will go if they accept him, heaven, and the scriptures. Don't ever forget the scriptures. That's why we're going through the Roman road. There's, there's another verse that we're, you know, we'll turn to it. Most of you know, probably know by heart. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you only remember that verse and you don't have a Bible on you, although I would suggest that you memorize these verses also, if that's the only verse you can remember, state the, the, the Bible because the Bible is God's word and that's what draws. The Holy Spirit uses that to draw their hearts to him and in uh, your testimonies. But here right off the bat, in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 through 12, it's stating very simply that nobody's seeking after God and we are all unrighteous. That's a starting point. We have to know, in other words, that you are a sinner before you know that you need a Savior. Because they'll say, save from what? I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody. And that's where you can point them that everybody sins and everybody's born into sin. 
and we all need a Savior because either we let God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, we, we either let Him forgive us of our sins, I ask Him in our hearts and lives, and let Him pay the price of our sin, because somebody's got to pay it, or we let Him do it. And He said He would do it, but it's a gift. If I give you a gift and you never take it home with you, it's not yours. Jesus has put the gift out there. If you've never taken it in, into you, it's not yours. So, very important. We're all sinners. We, we don't seek after him. He seeks after us. Right beside that verse, if I was you, I would write down Romans 3.23. And then circle beside, or, or, or rather the, the, the number of 23 in the chapter 3. Because that's the next verse we're going to. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Kind of tied to that other one, isn't it? Because of what we just stated, we've all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. You know, and being that as it may, that means that um, we cannot earn our own salvation. There is no earning your salvation, my friend. You cannot do more good than bad and then hopefully you get into heaven. Because if you could, Jesus didn't have to die for you. If you could, he didn't have to die for you. Did you hear that? If you could, he didn't have to die for you. Because he did, it was it's simply because you cannot save yourself. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'll circle that verse, and right beside that verse, write Romans 5, 12. Romans 5, 12. I know this is simple, isn't it? But I think it's very important that we go into the new year with a goal. You know, it said that uh, 800 and some people listening to me here. Isn't that something? Just think of all of us told. Now, you know, some people say win them. Soul winners, and I understand what they're saying. But really, we're soul warners. I've heard that, and I kind of like that better. Because it's your job to tell them, like we said. It's, their, it's Holy Spirit's job to convict them. It's their job to accept or reject. But just think, if we all tell one person... Let's just say this year, that's 800 and some times that somebody's going to get spoken to about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if that's grammatically correct, but nevertheless, can you imagine? Out of those, if just 80 got saved, wow! Could you imagine? It's important. Well, let's read Romans 5. In chapter, or chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, by, as by one man sin entered into the world, that's Adam, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And that's just not physical death, my friend. Because we weren't meant to die. People go to funerals a lot of times and they say, this doesn't seem natural. You know why? Because it's not. It wasn't meant to be that way. It really wasn't. It was meant to be that we, uh, made by the Lord, were to have communion with Him forever. And one day that'll be that way. When we pass that veil or when He comes again. But I'm telling you, it wasn't meant to be that way. And death wasn't only physical, though. It was spiritual. That's why when you talk to some people, if the Holy Spirit's not convicting them, they have a hard time understanding you. Why? Because the natural man talks about 
in the Bible, that natural man, that flesh, that's how it speaks about it, is dead. Spiritually died the day that Adam sinned. How can it be made alive? By the biggest miracle known to mankind. And that is salvation. That's what we're speaking about here. And you get that person to understand that we're all sinners. We don't deserve anything. You know, that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That how did it come into this world? By Adam. By Adam. Circle that. And I want you to, to write down beside it, John. Or, excuse me, John, yeah, right. Romans, rather, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a very important verse. Did you ever know? They're the same thing. It says eternal life. And what was that? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have, what? Everlasting life. And here it says eternal life. You know, that's not just after you die, my friend. Not at all. That is from the time that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But Jesus says that you are born again. He chooses that very clearly because once you're born, you can't be unborn. And we've spoken about that in the last few sermons, I know, but it's on my heart, I suppose. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's the gift of God? It's the gospel. It's the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. Isn't being saved from your sins. Sometimes we just say saved and we just say that term as if, you know, we don't know what it means. You know, the term Christian means Christ-like. And we all kind of congregate each other into those terms and say we are Christians. If you're not living like Christ, you're not Christian. You could be saved, but you're not acting like him. We were given that name by the world because they said that the apostles were turning the world upside down and a derogatory term started being attached to us, which was Christ-like, Christian. And we took that and took it like a badge of honor. But once you get saved, then you're born into the family of God and you are his and you have eternal life. You are saved from your sins who saves you it says here through jesus christ our lord now circle that verse would you circle that verse here in uh romans 6 and 23 and i want you right beside it romans 5 verses 8 and 9 romans 5 verses 8 and 9 What's the answer to all this? How in the world do you get saved, you know? What is the secret uh, sauce, if you would, right? Everybody's looking for the answer to life. Romans 5, 8 and 9 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath through him, from wrath through him. Let's read one more verse. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know, God 
commended his love towards you and I, my friend. And we tell that person we're speaking to that. And that while we're sinners, and we're all sinners, that even though we are, and because of that, we're his enemy, Christ died for us. Can you imagine dying for your enemy? He did. He did. And then it says we're justified by his blood in the next verse. And in verse 10, that when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Jesus takes your hand and he takes God's hand and he reconciles you the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. We got to convey that to them, my friend. And if you're not saved, I'm trying to convey that to you. That's what Jesus came to this earth for. To save our souls. You know, I read a story the other day, and there was a picture of a, a couple that was getting married, and you could tell she was obviously, had been in an accident of some form and was burnt. And, uh, and, 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 and she looked like, I don't want to say terrible, but it's truly, you know, like somebody that's burnt. It was hor horrifying to see what kind of pain she must have been through to have burnt her skin like it did. And when they asked the young man, why are you marrying her? The gist of the article was, he said, listen, I was engaged to her basically before this happened. And we're getting married now, whether it's happened or not. Because I'm not marrying her body. I'm marrying her soul. Her soul, the real her. And I love that. He understood that her body was not her. But the soul was inside that body. And what are we seeking after, my friend? We're seeking after men's souls. This body, my body one day is going to die. It could die today. But I will never die. Why? Because if I, if I weren't saved, it would. It would go to hell. The Bible speaks of We're not going to get into everything here because we're trying to keep this simple so you can tell somebody about the Lord. But... I'm telling you, upon asking him in our heart and life, we are changed. We're a new creation. Old things passed away and all things become new, the Bible says. And these next three verses wraps it up. And you could use other verses. Yes, you can. You could use that John 3.16 without turning to these. And I think that's why I wanted to, to state that. And I've said it a few times now, because it's important to use the scriptures, the word of God. These next three verses are very concise in telling somebody about how to be saved. They really are. So beside, right, circle that verse, and right beside it, I want you to write down Romans 10, verses 9, 10, and 13. Now, we're not leaving things out, but we are trying to make this as simple as possible. And at the end of this, I, I, I circled these verses and I put a big star and end point is what I wrote down below. I know that makes it very simple. But if nothing else, these three verses really convey the plan of salvation. Now, what have we learned? We've learned that we're all sinners. You know, we have learned that um, the death came into the world by Adam, but life through Jesus Christ, Right. That Jesus draws us to him. 
It's a very beautiful story of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this Roman road. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, 10, and 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You have to believe it. This isn't hot head knowledge. A lot of people believe this, but it isn't in their heart. You got to try to convey this to them, and only God and them can understand uh, if they really believe it. Because it isn't a bunch of magical words. This is from your heart. Some people don't believe in saying a, a, a sinner's prayer, but that's baloney. Sometimes people don't know where to go, but you have to convey to them if you do this that they have to believe it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you're confessing with your mouth. Now the Lord, he's Lord of, of everything. What's going to be a Lord of you? And he is Jesus. This means Savior. Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You believe he is God. That's another point. A lot of people don't even understand it. Jesus is God. And they say they're Christians. How can they be Christians? How can they be saved if they don't understand it, who he is? He didn't become God. He was God. He was before the world began. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And the word is Jesus Christ. But Jesus was put in the womb somehow by the Holy Spirit and lived the perfect life. Born, lived the perfect life, and died for you and I. So you have to believe that. That God had raised him from the dead, it says here. Thou, it says, thou shalt be saved. Why? That's in your heart. That's why. It says, now here's an explanation. Four. If thou shalt, let's reread that. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Not you might, but thou shalt be saved. Then it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In verse 13, Or whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that something? Isn't that simple? Sometimes we do like the Pharisees did in the Old Testament, and they added to the Bible. Or in the New Testament, rather. I'm sorry. Yeah, they weren't in the Old Testament, were they? But in the New Testament. You know? It's very simple. Asking Him in your heart and life and believing. It's very simple. Now you got that? Romans 3, 10 through 12. Romans 3, 23. Romans 5, 12. Romans 6, 23. Romans 5, 8 and 9. Romans 10, 9, 10 and 13. Got that? Now there's another set of verses here I would like to read, if you don't mind. Would you read with me? John chapter 10. And you'll see why I'm, I would like to do that. I wasn't really planning on doing this, and we're running a little over. I'm sorry about that. But I think it's very important. We've mentioned it briefly. But in John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. John 10, the St. John 10, 28 and 29. We're going to talk just a couple verses. I'm going to make it very brief. But I think it's important. John 10, 28 and 29. I give unto them eternal life, 
Notice there's that verb word again. And they shall never perish. Ooh, that's a powerful word. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. This word, verse was instrumental in getting me to not question my salvation, my friend. It really was. Why? Because like every man, we all fail. And every time I would fail, I would think, well, then I can't be saved. The, whole, the, the devil would sit there and, I believe, whisper in my ear, you can't be saved then, Mike. But that says forever, doesn't it? I'm telling you, um, once you're saved, you're always saved. This is some verses on assurance. If someone does accept Christ in their heart, you need to give them these because old Satan's going to come and try to pluck that seed out of their heart, out of their life, right away, the Bible says. Give them assurance. And then two more sections of scriptures, but my friends, please, bear with me. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Very important. And in that previous scripture, the one thing that really got me was when I'm and Jesus is in God's hands and, I, and I'm in Jesus' hands, nobody can take you out of his Father's hand. It's like the Holy Spirit just whispered in my heart and said, not even you, Mike, not even you can take yourself out of my Father's hand. Very important. Assurance is very important. 1 John chapter 5, please. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5. And we're going to read 10 through 13. And he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness of himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, and because he believeth not the record of God that gave his Son. And this is the record. That God hath given to us, there he is again, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. And he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. There's another verse that says that you, you know you're, you're saved after this because his spirit bears witness with your spirit. All right? Assurance. And of course, you know, the next step is not part of your salvation. It is not. Um, assurance is, is so that you understand that you're saved once you've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. And I hate to do it because we're coming up on chapter 30, but only one more verse, would you? Just one more verse in Acts. It's all in the New Testament anyways, isn't it? Isn't it enjoyable going through God's Word? I think so. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 and then they that were gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 
This is like the door to the church. It isn't part of your salvation. If that was, then the thief on the cross would have went straight to hell. He didn't have time to be baptized, did he? No. But it is showing outwardly what, you, what happened in your heart inwardly. And of course, in our church, we believe it says we're added onto them, so they were, at, they were baptized right into the church. It's not part of your salvation. An infant can't, it doesn't make any difference if an infant gets baptized because that doesn't do anything. Number one, in your salvation experience. Number two, it doesn't say anything in the Bible. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, there's nothing in there it says about infant baptism. But it does say, that once they got saved, they were baptized. It's one of the ordinances. Now, there were, of course, after you're in a church is um, the Lord's Supper, but not, that's not part of your salvation either. It's just a blessing, isn't it? Now, I just said that. I threw that in for free. How's that? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, that Roman road, I hope you wrote it down, and the assurance verses, John 10, 28, 29, John 5, 24, 1 John 5, 10 through 13, so that you can know that you're saved. Isn't it amazing? A wonderful, wonderful set of verses. Now I know this is probably the longest one I've ever done. We kept it just a hair under 30 minutes. By the time we pray, it'll be 30 minutes. But I hope that you use this this year, my friend. And that you tell some poor lost soul how to be saved in 2021, please. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. I thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. I thank you for all that you've done for me. And I thank you, Lord, that you just gave me salvation where I did not deserve it. I pray, dear Father, that you will help me to be a better Christian man than I was last year, this year. And I pray, Father, you will just help us to serve you. And that we could lead some poor lost souls to you, that you would use us in that way. I thank you for all that you've given us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope that you have a great year. Happy New Year. And I thought this was an appropriate challenge to you and myself that we got out there and we use the Bible to tell people about the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great week, a good Sunday tomorrow, and a happy New Year. God bless you.